You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 105. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for the next 20 or so minutes. Let's talk about being impeccable with your word. Now, this is a really interesting topic to be bringing up now because I recently had an experience with someone in their early 20s who we had um, paid to watch our dog while we were out of town for what amounted to 50 hours. And this person came over and seemed very pleasant and very polite and very nice and said, yes, we, you know, she listened to everything that the girlfriend had mentioned that needed to be done to take care of our puppy dog. And the dog's like 18 years old. It's blind and deaf. And it just, it doesn't even necessarily want to be around us most of the time, but it really likes knowing that there's someone here. And the young lady was, you know, seemed very amicable to taking care of the dog and smiled and did all the normal things that you would expect from someone who was just meeting you, who realized that they were getting the keys to your house and and basically taking care of a family member, you know, an old, old family member. And I'll get to the punchline. There wasn't a party thrown, but there was certainly an ineptitude toward actually watching the dog. And it turned out that uh, she, you know, clearly had not been here very much. The dog went to mess in the house uh, at least two times, possibly three or four, because we found multiple wet spots. The house just smelled of, of, of pee and poo, and that is not normally what happens. The dog normally doesn't do that unless it's like having a little fit, and we walk it regularly enough. We walk them, so that shouldn't have been an issue. Come to find out from the girl's mom that, yeah, she didn't even, you know, I think she was here like Saturday morning, didn't come by all day Saturday to the point where the parents came by and took the dog out because she had chosen to go to a baseball game instead. And, and you know, people are going to make the choices they make. And we absolutely told the young lady, look, go to your baseball game. Just, you know, walk the dog before and come back and walk the dog when you get home. We leave the dog alone for eight to 10 hours on the regular. Um, and it was just obvious that you know, no problem taking the 75 bucks and I'm not going to sit here and debate about $75 being an adequate amount of money to basically hang out in our house for 50 hours and watch our, you know, our decrepit old dog. I do remember as a, as a uh, teenager, about 10, 12, 14 years old, our next door neighbors across the lake from our house in Indiana would go out of town and ask us to watch their cat. I was asked to watch the cat. And my mom originally wanted me to ask for 35 cents a day. And these people were like, no, 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 please, $1 a day. Now, this was in 1988 to 90, 90-ish, right? So 1990. Now, I get that that was 31 years ago, but inflation isn't so out of control that all of a sudden now a dollar a day has turned into what amounted to $75 for 50 hours. That was two days. Now, I feel like we did a pretty damn good job, right? You can hang out at the house, bring your computer, help bring your boyfriend over. I think I think my girlfriend even mentioned where the liquor cabinet was. Um, and I was like, well, I don't know if I would invite a 
23-year-old to know where the booze is, but hey, to each his own, it, you know, it's your booze, not mine. I'm sober. Let me wrap this back into being impeccable with your word. Because I know that I gave you a very brief and maybe for some of you a too descriptive reason for why this is the topic of this podcast. You are your word. And just as I said that, I got a chill, like a shiver sent up through me because it's it's that important that you hear that. You are your word. It doesn't matter if other people say they're going to do something and they don't. It doesn't matter what other people do. You're not other people. Go back to episode 97 where I talk about why respecting others' points of view is real adulting. Real adulting is being impeccable with your word. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. Now, there's a lot of reasons why you should be following this this very powerful principle of being impeccable with your word. If you want to know more about this, you can go read Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements. The first one is being impeccable with your word. And I actually talked about this in my other podcast, uh, From Sobriety to Recovery, in episode 25. I talk about the I talk about this entire the entire book from from the, a general review in episode twenty four, and each agreement gets its own episode. So, from episode twenty four to twenty eight at the From Sobriety to Recovery show, you can actually hear me go and wax on and on and on about it. <laughs> if you want more, you can go there and get it. While you may not think that promising to do something and then not following through is that big of a deal, it really will begin to build your reputation that other people will consciously be judging you by. And we do talk a lot about not caring how people judge you and in you making your own decisions and you being your own self and not worrying about whether they think your sexuality or your gender or your clothes or your 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 college class choices. That stuff is that stuff is you. You get to make those decisions for you. That's what affects your life. If other people can't handle it, you need to have that conversation with them and say, look, this is what I want to do with my life. And since I live with me and you don't, you, you, unless, I mean, nobody lives with you more than you live with you because you're always in your head. But when it comes to things like saying you're going to watch someone's dog or take care of their house or meet them for lunch or have the assignment to them by a certain time, or show up for a meeting on time. When you don't do that stuff, you're you're paying not just a huge disservice to yourself, but you're actually disrespecting yourself and them. The disrespect you're showing the other person by not following through with what you said you were going to do, that's heinous enough because someone else decided that they could rely upon you and then you didn't follow through. I can assure you in the future, they're going to be very much less apt to ask you. If you don't really want to watch the dog, if you don't really want to take care of your sister or your, your brother's kid while they're out of town, just say no. I know the rejection you're going to have to face in that immediate moment when you tell somebody, no, you don't want to do something, that could bring up a hard conversation. But doing it begrudgingly and doing a shitty job about it, 
all right, watching someone's kid and sort of half-ass doing it or watching someone's dog or taking care of an assignment and just sort of just putting in less than great effort, that's not good either. Or promising you'll be there for someone and then not showing up and then they have to deal with the rejection of you not following through then. What kind of conversation do you think is going to be waiting for you after that? This young lady is lucky that my girlfriend is just non-confrontational around this, which is very surprising because she's very confrontational about a lot. But because this was one of her co-workers' daughters, she didn't want to cause a huge stink. So this this mother will never know that her daughter half-assed took care of our, our very old, very in need of just pers- of people in its space, overnight kind of attention. This girl will never know how much she's disappointed us and, and, and for the girlfriend, very much angered. For me, I'm just disappointed in her. And if you've ever had your parents look at you and go, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed, that to me is a bigger sting. Your word is going to literally be the oil that either greases your way through life and makes it substantially easier, or it is going to be the honey mixed with Gorilla Glue that will get you locked into places that you are not going to be comfortable with. Being impeccable with your word is something that it was very much honorable back in the day. Deals were made with handshakes. And deals were made with, they said they'd do it, you know, and their word, their word is as good as honor. Right? I mean, this is back in the day when you could trust somebody at their word. Now, I'm not foolish enough to think that people didn't still screw people over back in the day. Hell, you know, Ray Kroc of McDonald's glory, who basically stole that business from the McDonald's brothers, with a handshake and a smile, told him he'd make sure once the contracts were finalized that he'd cut them in on, on a percentage of revenue. Because that was the that was the word that they had bounded themselves this deal to, and if you go and watch the movie about the um, the founder, you know at the very end he's like, oh, you know my investors they'll have a problem with that, so don't worry, we'll take care of you. And he didn't, and it turns out that that little one or two percent would have been billions, would have massively changed that entire family's life. And what is one or two percent to McDonald's now? has their billions and billions of served, and they've, they've, they've made so much money that Ray Kroc's wife was just throwing it at different organizations before she passed. I say that whole founder story because I'll, as I was saying this impeccable with word, I thought, well, that guy didn't do it. And he wasn't the one who started it, but certainly anyone who's seen that, who doesn't see the fault in Ray Kroc when he did that, isn't looking at this through the lens of integrity. In my other podcast, From Sobriety to Recovery, I talk a lot about how the triumvirate of my addiction recovery is integrity, gratitude, and humility. I am humble enough to know what I don't know. I'm, I'm humble enough to be humble about the things I do know. I'm very grateful for everything that I have in my life because I realize in another place and time, none of this would even exist for me. And I have integrity and when I don't, I learn from that lesson and I, and I move forward realizing that making that kind of error again is no longer the kind of person I am. I have certainly dropped the ball on the integrity in, in, in very, very apparent and obvious ways 
in the 54 months I've been sober. I would, if you think I've, I'm just vaguely referencing that now, I can assure you if I were to tell you some stories of how much integrity I lacked during my addiction days, it would appall you or make you laugh your ass off, depending on how you wanted to look at it. There's no old man river shouting from the rooftops telling you how to live your life kind of um, soapbox preacher speech that I can give that will snap you out of any idealistic mirage you've built around yourself about how you don't have to follow through with what you say you will, you'll do. You don't have to follow through with your promises or your agreements and everything will be okay for you. I, I can't yank you out of that that little make-believe land that you've created for yourself if you aren't willing to see it on your own. No doubt at a young age, you saw your parents and in, in your, in your parental figures and in those adults around you that had a dramatic effect on your upbringing say they were going to do something and then you watched them go off and do something else. You took that as either permission to do the same kind of behavior or you heeded that as a warning and you began to follow through on your commitments and you were impeccable with your word. For those of you who who file themselves under the ladder, who are already impeccable with their word, hopefully your astuteness to following through with your promises and your agreeances is rubbing off on those closest to you. When you notice that there are people in your life who don't show up to luncheons on time, who don't uh, arrive when they say they will, who always have an excuse for why they can't make it to this dinner party or this function or, or to this thing that they promised you they'd be at, it's up to you to either have a really connective conversation about how that behavior is hurtful and disrespectful, or it's going to be up to you to have that conversation about how the friendship is no longer going to continue the way that it has been. It's up to you to put people on notice that that kind of behavior isn't acceptable. Because if you don't tell them that it's acceptable and or that it's not acceptable, then they'll just continue thinking that it is acceptable. And that's not going to work for you long term. You will get angry. You you you'll you'll take it at first and you'll have a little resistance to them. But you add up enough resistances and it turns into resentment. And then enough of that resentment starts to add up and then it turns into rejection. And that's when the teapot boils over. That's when the whistle sound comes and that's whenever you have a yelling, screaming match with them. And it's coming to them, it's coming out of left field because you never really accentuated to them with your words how their behavior was no longer working for you, how they were crossing a boundary. Now, if you find yourself in the former camp where you're, you're not impeccable with your word, that you're constantly making promises and then not following through, coming up with elaborate excuses that you deem as reasons for why you didn't do something, and then this becomes a consistent behavior in you, do not think for a moment that anyone is falling for your BS. Do not think for a moment that it is not madly apparent to the people closest to you that you are not impeccable with your word. And do not be surprised when you start finding out that events and occasions are occurring without your invitation. 
My cousin could not for the life of her show up to an event on time. And when I first moved to Los Angeles, I couldn't quite get why she would sit on the computer up until about an hour before we needed to be somewhere and then start getting ready when she knew full well it was going to take her about two to two and a half hours to get ready. She'd take a 45 minute long shower. I mean, seriously, I wasn't timing it, but it would be the longest damn shower. Knowing that we were supposed to be somewhere in an hour. Like there's a time and a place for a Hollywood shower, which is what the Navy calls any shower over five minutes. There's a time and a place for a Hollywood shower, but one hour before you're trying to make it to an event where you told people you would be at, and they said, please be there on time at seven, is not the time and a place to have a Hollywood shower. Get the shower done, get dressed, get going, or start getting ready two and a half hours before the event because you know it's going to take you that long. She did this in front of me enough times and made me late for enough concerts that I was, I am a person who gets to concerts early. I want to see the opening act. I want to really enjoy the entire vibe of the concert. When she made me late for two or three different concerts, I just chose to stop inviting her. And when she found out that I had just gotten back from Nine Inch Nails, Pearl Jam, Moby, Imagine Dragons, Killers, Green Day... When she'd hear the next day I'm talking about these and she's like, I wish you'd have told me I'd have gone. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, last second decision. I just jumped on Craigslist and bought a ticket. And that wasn't true. Now, again, my integrity, I should have just told her the truth. But back in the day, I didn't follow these guidelines. I was still drinking and drugging. I did whatever Jesse wanted to do and I didn't want to get in an argument with her about her. I did not want to get in an argument with it, about it with her. Let me spit that out. Now, knowing what I know now about communication, it didn't have to be an argument. But I didn't have four years of NLP under my belt then. I didn't have all of the communication and leadership training that I've taken on in my addiction recovery that would have led me to create a powerfully connected conversation that could have led her to realize when you're going to go somewhere with me beyond time or I'm going to leave without you. Shame on me for not having that conversation because it would have been fun to have had her at Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails, Killers, Keen, Franz Ferdinand, Moby. I mean, I went to a ton of concerts while we were living together. In many cases, I wouldn't even tell her I went because I didn't even want to have the conversation. And the few times I did ask her about why she always shows up late, She's like, hey, I've got to get ready. I've got to get ready. It takes me however long it takes me to get ready. What's the big deal? Who cares if I don't show up on time? It's just a dinner party. Like, yeah. But everybody sat there and waited for 45 minutes for us to arrive before they even started ordering food. It's disrespectful to them. It basically says my time's more important than yours. Everyone's time is equally important. I don't care if the person has nothing else to do with the entire day. They still showed up. You show up. And you both should be doing it on time. If you say you're going to watch someone's dog, watch someone's dog. If you say you're going to take care of their house or their car or their lawnmower, or you're going to borrow their computer, you don't bring it back in pieces. It's not... And I might come off as a little old man river here. It's not just your generation that drops the ball on this. Gen Xers, 
definitely dropped the ball on this. Baby boomers who think that the, that the sun rises and sets on their tukishes absolutely do not follow through on their word. This is not a generational thing. This is not this is not an ageism or a sexism or a racism thing. Everybody, at some point, isn't being impeccable with their word. And expecting perfection out of any human is a fool's errand. It's a fool's game. That's that's a pressure and an expectation that shouldn't be placed upon anyone. But to know for yourself that you're putting forth the effort to do the things you say you're going to do, to fulfill the promises you make, that's going to pay huge dividends in your unconscious mind. Because the more you're the kind of person who follows through with their word, the more your unconscious mind will realize that taking on more responsibility in life isn't a stressor. There's nothing to have anxiety about because you know you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I find a lot of times with my clients, with the attendees at my workshops, with the people who actually have conversations about this stuff, when they have anxiety and stress about saying yes to things or about going to an event, it's generally, other than the obvious you know, social anxiety that people just tend to have because rather than being a connective conversation, you're in your head thinking about what you're going to say next or thinking about how you might look in their eyes. When I can assure you, when I'm standing there talking to you and I can tell you're in your mind talking out what you think you're going to say next, I'm judging you more off of that than I am about what your shoes look like with the pants. <laughs> Aside from the social anxiety you might get when you go out to places, more often than not, the second reason why people feel inadequate to saying yes to doing things is because they've t- programmed their unconscious mind to realize that just because they say yes doesn't mean they're actually going to do it. That if they choose, they're going to come up with an excuse, make up a reason for why they can't follow through with a promise they've made. And then they're going to be stressed out the entire time leading up to that event on whether they're actually going to follow through with it and show up or if they're going to have to come up with some elaborate reason that's really just an excuse for why they couldn't make it. If you don't want to go, if you don't want to do something, then just say no. 1980s drug drug catchphrase there, just say no. Any kind of pushback or anger or vitriol you'll get from that other person, simply say, look, I could say yes to this, and then at the end, come up with an excuse for why I can't do it. I'm just going to be honest and upfront right now. That's not something I can prioritize. That's not something I desire to prioritize in my life. And I get that you would like me to prioritize your event or your errand or or your thing, but I've got enough of my own things that I'm prioritizing. And I'm going to go ahead and just do what it is I want to do. And I'll end on this. Has someone who has spoken at hundreds of places and done, you know, hundreds of podcasts and has thousands of attendees and and different people I've met and and spoken with and, and, and taught under my belt. I get asked at least two or three times a week to collaborate on other people's projects, to be a part of their event, to do this thing that's really important to them. I already have the things that are important, important to me on my list. I'm not going to put down my important things for your important things. I've already prioritized what I want to prioritize. I'm happy with the things that I've prioritized. 
Conversely, your emergency isn't all of a sudden my prioritization. Your lack of thinking ahead doesn't mean that I've got to put everything down that I'm currently doing in order to take care of the thing you should have been taking care of, but you didn't think ahead far enough to realize that something might show up that you needed to have a plan B for. Now, your car breaks down in the middle of a rainstorm, right? And you, you the jack falls down and the tire's not got a lot of air. I'm not saying don't call somebody to help you. But if all of a sudden you're running late and you need somebody to step up and do something for you in that moment, and you could have realistically planned ahead for that and not decided to start getting ready for the event one hour before it starts when you know damn well it's going to take you two and a half hours to get ready. That's an excuse. That could have been avoided. Excuses are reasons that could have been avoided. Car breaking down on the side of the road and, you know, the, the jack not working and, and you, you don't have the strength to loosen the lug nuts and the, and the spare tire doesn't have a ton of air because, let's face it, how often do any of us check that air in the spare tire thing, right? That's an accident. That was unforeseen. You are things that you could do in the future to prepare, but at the same time, we're not expecting perfection. Absolutely call up somebody who you know will drop what they're doing and come help you. And that person showing up when you do that is them being impeccable with their word. Do you do that? Are you the person that people call? Do you even want to be the person that people call when they're they're stuck in an emergency situation? It's okay if you don't want to be that person. You don't have to be that person. Just be honest with 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 the friend or the family member and say, hey, You want to go hang out and have a beer at the bar and laugh and watch some sports? I'm your dude. You want me to get up in the middle of the night to come help you when you've broken down the side of the road? I'm not that person. Put somebody else in that spot on your phone. And you might get pushback and you might get a little hate and it might start up an argument, but that's going to be well worth it and better to have then. When they're on the side of the road in a desperate situation and you aren't answering your phone. Being impeccable with your word and learning to do that at the youngest age you possibly can will train your unconscious mind to know that you're a person who follows through with what they say they will. And in the future, when responsibility and opportunity is presented to you, you won't sit there questioning whether you'll actually do it or questioning whether you can actually accomplish it. Instead, you will jump forward. You will raise your hand and you'll say, I'm that person. I'm that leader. I'm the person who will be the treasurer. I'm the person who will be the secretary. I'm the person who will be the VP or the president of the student body organization or of the club or of the business. I'm the person that you can count on. Because when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. The amount of opportunities that will present themselves to you that will require you to be impeccable with your word are infinite. And when you train yourself and you program yourself to follow through, you get to enjoy the fruits of that labor. If you show yourself to be someone who doesn't follow through and isn't impeccable with their word, people will not offer you opportunities. You will not be offered the promotion. You will be the coworker that doesn't get invited to places. You will be the person ostracized, not because they don't generally like you 
or your race or your gender or your color or your sex or your religion or any of those big things that so often people want to blame for why they're ostracized from an organization or a group or, or a subgroup. No, they just don't like you because you're the kind of person who doesn't follow through with what they say. I have a whole nother episode on gossiping and how that might be another reason why you're not getting invited to places. But I can promise you, when people think you're not someone who can be respected and and honorable whenever they say they'll do something, it's going to cost you somewhere. And the worst part about it is that most of the opportunities that this kind of behavior costs you are ones you don't even get to know you had an opportunity for. That's the kicker. You won't even know you could have had a chance at something because that person who could have invited you to that opportunity won't even approach you about it. After the fact, you'll hear about it and you'll wonder, damn, I could have been really good at that. That sounds like something I would have loved to have done. I wonder why I didn't get invited to that opportunity. And if you're not self-aware enough to realize it's because you're not impeccable with your word, you'll just naturally think that person has got something out for you. When all along, you unconsciously had it out for everyone else. Be impeccable with your word. It will cost you opportunities you didn't even know were available to you. And that, that should be enough to cause you to want to change this behavior if it's something you notice in yourself. Thank you so much for joining me here on another episode of College Success Habits. As always, if you would like to learn more about neuro-linguistic programming, if you would like to know about some of my group coaching programs where I help those in high school and college and post-college really focus in on their goals and accomplish the life-changing moments that we all have been told are waiting for us, you want some accountability, you want some coaching, you want someone who will actually listen to you and hear the conversation underneath the conversation, I'm your guy. Go over to at Jesse Mogul, click on the top, click on my bio link, follow the, the link that says discovery call, get yourself on my calendar. We'll have ourselves a 30-minute discovery session. We'll sit, We'll figure out your challenges. We'll discuss your successes, and we'll see what we can do to bring you into an all-the-way-up life. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. See you again next week. Bye-bye. 